It's go time. The good ship Argonaut has it gone west. This and a lot more we need to talk about here on Third Down Gamble. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Quick Kicks. I'm Don Charbon along with Heath Graham. Wow. I can't remember if last year, if it was this crazy at the beginning of the communications window. This has been insane with the number of signings, retentions, and players being cut. It looks like the reporting is maybe a little bit different this year from how it has been in previous years. We seem to be getting a lot of announcements. Now, nothing is completely guaranteed for another few days until that negotiation window closes, but we are hearing a lot of reports from very reliable sources that these are done deals or soon to be done deals. And there has been a lot of movement, a lot of big names, some re-signing, and certainly, especially with the Toronto Argonauts, some free agents moving on to other teams. With pending free agents, and these are the ones that are in this communication window for the most part, Yes, you can agree to a contract. It has to be registered with the CFLPA and the CFL. However, if somebody comes along later and says, hmm, there's a slight chance that you may go somewhere else. Most of the reporting that we're getting from the CFL, Three Down Nation, there's a bunch of other sources that I've been using. They're couching it that way, knowing fairly certainly that this is the way it's going to fall. But having that little note that just in case something really changes, maybe some extra money comes from somewhere. Maybe there's a pitch that we don't expect. Typically, these are all verbal agreements that we're discussing. Absolutely. And I think we need to dig into the Toronto Argonauts here. A team that went 16-2 and in the regular season last year, lost out in that Eastern final. And they are losing some pretty major pieces of that team. I'll start with special teams. Uh, both reportedly heading to the Edmonton Elks, Javon Leak and Boris Beattie. Now, Beattie had been cut by Toronto, so he has officially signed with the Edmonton Elks. Javon Leak is the one that is reported to be. So that is a big part of that Argonaut special teams now moving to Edmonton. One thing that you have to remember about a player being cut during this time period is that it's typically one of two things. They've reached an impasse with the team in the previous time period up to uh, this moment. And the team has said, okay, that's it. We're just moving on from you. Anyway, we'll give you an extra day or two. You can go out there to get signed now and see what you can find. So it's very fair to the player that way. The other issue that may come about is is there is a bonus that comes available around this time. Some people look at this and say, that's really cruel that you cut a player just before the bonus is due. But it's also a signal to the player and it helps them in a sense that they know that, okay, I'm not going to be employed here anymore. I've got to start sending out my tape to other teams. It's a mixed bag of good and bad with that. Those are the two sort of ones that we see with Beatty and with William Stanback, who we'll get to both had requested to be cut basically because there was an impasse with the team. They were not going to be signing back with the team that they were in one case, Montreal, the other Toronto. With the news of Boris Beattie being set loose, it, it does make way for the return of Liram Hiralahu, 
uh, a much traveled CFL and NFL veteran, uh, a national player, and he is returning once again to the CFL and to the Argonauts. Bit of a surprise when I saw that one come through. It definitely has a pedigree that you can't argue. He's a very accurate kicker. He also played in the spring league. He could not land a permanent job with the NFL and finally decided, I'm coming back home. He is from Southern Ontario, so this is a great opportunity for him. And he has kicked for the Argonauts before. Boris Beattie, the one thing that I think the Argonauts will miss is his range. Hira Lahu is not a kicker that can kick consistently beyond 50 yards where Boris Beattie could. And Beattie was also very adept at punting as well. He was. That's one of the big things. I, I don't know if there is a stronger leg in the CFL than what Boris Beattie has brought over the last few seasons. In my opinion, a real breakout season in 2023 as far as his accuracy on field goals went. He really improved over his career average. Perhaps he got himself a little bit priced out of what Toronto was willing to pay now, we look at that, but we can go through some other big names from the Argonauts that have moved on as well. And it makes me question where Toronto's focus is going to be on signing free agents. So a couple other big names to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, defensive back Jamal Peters, to Ottawa, linebacker Adarius Pickett, offensive lineman Darius Bladdock. One of the other big names and a very marketable guy heading to the Prairies is reportedly Saskatchewan has picked up running back A.J. Ouellette. There was some discussion and we've seen just a trickle of it that the good ship Argonaut would find the mighty shores of the river Saskatchewan outside of Regina. Of course, there is no river Saskatchewan outside of Regina. That's for geography people to teach. The Rough Riders have not really raided the Argonauts defense as one would have thought. The biggest surprise I thought was Pickett going to Ottawa. Clearly, Ottawa is making a bid to improve that defense. They have shuffled around their linebacking core in this discussion window that we're in. So they're making moves to shore up a weakness that they felt they had. Pickett is a bona fide all-star, as is Jamal Peters. Those are two huge gets for those teams. They are, and I I think the riders looking at A.J. Olette, the running game has been fairly inconsistent to say the least in Saskatchewan over the last couple of seasons. They're now picking up a thousand yard guy in AJ Olette. As you mentioned, surprising to not see much on the defensive side of the ball moving from Toronto to Saskatchewan so far. Olette seems to be the first piece and we'll we'll have to wait and see if there's more. And I agree with you hundred percent. The Ottawa pickup of Adarius Pickett is, is huge for them. We know the record that the Red Blacks have had over the last several seasons has not been great. They need to make some splashes in free agency, and they need to start building that team back into a contender. Somebody like that on the team is going to be a a big first step. This whole process starting on Monday really was kicked off when it was announced that Jamarcus Hardrick was leaving the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and going to accept an offer with the Saskatchewan Rough Rider. I think that sent shockwaves around because I I don't know of anyone that saw that coming. You've got the West nominee for outstanding offensive lineman. Now he did start his CFL career with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, so it is a return to that organization for Jamarcus Hardrick. It was a bit of a shock. He 
seemed to really enjoy his time in Winnipeg, was a fan favorite on that offensive line. Of course, had the infamous Hardrick hop when a touchdown was scored for the Blue Bombers. Tough to see him go from Winnipeg's perspective, but again, the Riders have now made him the highest paid American offensive lineman in the league. And Winnipeg, as we'll get to further down the line, had some other pretty big names that they had to find money for that were on entry-level contracts that have earned some big raises. Double-edged problem for the Blue Bombers in this circumstance is that his replacement, Drew Richmond, who was basically making minimum, wanted to renegotiate because now he felt being a starter, I should be paid more. The Blue Bombers decided against that, and he retired suddenly. And so now you look at that tackle position and you've got a hole there where you had a replacement. Now you've got nobody. The big win for Winnipeg was that they did manage to get Stanley Bryant back on the other side of that offensive line. I, among many others, thought he was maybe leaning towards retirement and he's come back for at least one more season in Winnipeg. So having to replace both tackles would be a, a huge, huge challenge for Kyle Walters and that team having one of them re-signed and the other one walking away a little bit easier to swallow but absolutely the retirement was was a bit of a shocker for a 28 year old offensive lineman to decide that he's done with the CFL when you had him penciled in as your starter is going to present some challenges. Toronto and Winnipeg of course have been the dominant two teams you kind of expect that they're going to get picked over a little bit the question for each team was, what did they have in the cupboard to put back out on the table once these other ones were gone? And at least with Toronto, who had gone on a huge free agent spending spree a few years ago, this is sort of the recompense for all of that. But they seem to have developed players that can take over in those spots, where with the Blue Bombers losing to Mario Houston, who is going to step up as he goes to Calgary? Who's going to step up and fill for him? He had the big numbers, the big stats as far as interceptions went last year. I trust in Danny McManus and that scouting team to find some replacement players coming from the U.S. that are going to fill that spot for them. We've seen success in especially the defensive back positions and bringing new guys into camp that have been standouts for the Blue Bombers. Houston's not as big of a loss as Hardrick is, in my opinion. Now, one thing that Winnipeg has done well over the last few seasons is retaining their core and two big players that were rumored to be shopping around in free agency that are back are, of course, outstanding Canadian running back Brady Oliveira and two seasons in and an all-star caliber receiver in Dalton Schoen. So those were the two I was alluding to that were looking for big raises. They seem to have hit a number that they were happy with. And so those are, are huge as far as the young core of this team. Now they've got some aging veterans that they have to decide what's going to happen with, but having those two back on your offense, that's a big win. It was sort of thought that one or the other would come back to Winnipeg and that the the one that wasn't signed would be on his way out. It was a dunner that they both happened so quickly, within hours of each other technically. The Blue Bombers have really tied up a lot of money in <laughs> very few players if you look at the starting quarterback, who's making close to, or is a half a mil, then you've got two receivers making another, say, 250. You're up to a million. You you chunk in Oliveira, you add in Big Hill, you add in 
Stanley Bryant, Willie Jefferson. You've got tied up in seven players, maybe a third of your salary cap. They had better be your core and they better be healthy. The Montreal Alouettes did a lot of their work ahead of this. And there weren't a lot of players coming out of Montreal either. They swapped out some offensive line. But other than that, the Alouettes are relatively, other than what the NFL took away from them, staying intact. They are. And we talked about William Stanback being cut and now moving on to the BC Lions. To make that possible, they re-signed Deshaun Antwi uh, and a national running back at that. And they also previously locked up Tyrese Beverett, Avery Ellis, some other key components of that team. And Montreal seems to have really built that culture. The players all bought in last year. It led them to a championship and they were all eager to come back. This was a team that the players that were already there, this was the destination for them. I, I believe that enabled them to get some signings early and not have a lot of guys going out looking for that extra money. One of the things that was reported on the Alouette's YouTube channel, and it was it was Danny Machocha who said of the team that was available to become free agents, all of them had come to him and said, if there's a chance, I want to stay here. That is a great endorsement. They did manage to do most of the hard slogging ahead of time. The Alouette's did make a choice, I guess, with Walter Fletcher staying in as their running back and giving up on William Stanback. Now, Stanback has gone out to British Columbia. It kind of surprised me that he went that way, but the Lions seem to be looking to have a running component that's stronger than what they had. And certainly with Stanback, you've got a perennial thousand-yard rusher. He is, and hopefully for the BC Lions and for William Stanback, he comes back healthy. He had some pretty substantial injuries last year. He did play in the Grey Cup and was a key contributor. I hope that those injuries are behind him because I, I certainly believe he has some more left in the tank. And along with Brady Oliveira, AJ Olette, Kadeem Carey, those are kind of the marquee running backs in the CFL right now if they're all at 100% or close to it. Interestingly, Kadeem Carey whose name was thrown about quite a bit as one of the top free agents out there, still there is no news about his future. There hasn't been any discussion as to whether or not the Stampeders will retain him or that he's moving on. And he's one of two that are really significant, the other one being Tim White, who the Ticats, I do believe, want desperately. You have to think Kadeem Carey is going to be somewhere other than Calgary this coming season. They've made the choice, it seems, they've extended Diedrich Mills and Peyton Logan to contracts for the 2024 season. That's going to leave Carey as the odd man out. And perhaps now that the news of Standback has filtered through and Ouellette, the other teams left are going to be throwing some offers Kadeem Carey's way if they want to shore up that running game. The interesting move that the Stampeders made was getting to terms with Matthew Schultz. And this really now sort of rocks the apple cart. Most likely Jake Mayer is solid there. Matthew Schultz is a bona fide starter. And that is going to, I think, complicate the quarterback room just a little bit. What do you do if you're Tommy Stevens? Where do you fit in now? Matthew Schultz has been kind of that plug and play quarterback in the league over the last couple of seasons. He's had success with Hamilton and with Montreal coming in as 
the backup, but seeing a lot of playing time and really taking over some of those starting duties because of injury or other situations. And he should be pushing Jake Mayer for that number one position. I don't know how long the leash will be for Jake Mayer this season if they've got somebody as capable as Schiltz as that number two guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a handful of starts at least in this season. And if Mayer does struggle, he might be kind of benched in favor of Schiltz. Now, Tommy Stevens, he was their short yardage guy for the most part last year. It's going to be very difficult for him to climb the ladder much further than that now that they've added Matthew Shields. He's sort of got that issue that I think Cody Fajardo was facing in his early career where he was a third down back and essentially was running for one yard to get the team a first down. Fajardo finally got his chance in Saskatchewan to start. Does Stevens look at the situation and say, okay, I'll bide my time one more year, but I've got to look to somewhere where I can actually throw the football? He probably does. And we had some other quarterback movement. Drew Brown traded to Ottawa before the free agency window opened up and has signed a contract with the Ottawa Red Blacks. He was the biggest name, I would say, as far as the quarterbacks on the move this offseason. But the biggest stature, the fur coat and sunglasses are back in Winnipeg. Chris Strebler, after bouncing around the NFL, makes his triumphant return to Winnipeg and the CFL. He has had some very positive things to say about this league and about his time in Winnipeg. He's happy to be back there. And one thing that I am really looking forward to is Buck Pierce throwing some creative packages together to utilize Calaris, Strevler, and Oliveira in that backfield. If anything, that Winnipeg offense, other than its concerns at left tackle, will be dynamite. They've got all their weapons basically back. Of course, Streveler would have a great taste of the CFL. Heck, last time he was here, he was winning a Grey Cup. When you look back to Winnipeg and when they were starting this whole process, Kenny Lawler took a pay cut to make room for some people to come in. And I'm imagining that Brady Oliveira was high on the list of who they needed some money for. He he would have to be. Having a, a hometown player of that caliber... The Bombers did not want to lose him. I would say that he was probably the number one free agent in their mind that they had to re-sign. Getting Dalton shown the same day is is a bonus. I would think that we speculated this last year, but once again, Rashid Bailey may be the odd man out on that receiving core and maybe looking somewhere else down the line. Drew Wolitarski, we know, has, has re-signed. Nick Dembski, I believe, is under contract already as well. So they're going to have to start making some decisions. Brendan O'Leary-Orange is another national receiver that has been kind of that backup role. Is he going to get a look from another team trying to shore up that offense as well? I wouldn't be surprised to see those two on the move. One sad note that we need to discuss. A CFL alum and a, a Rocky star if you can remember back to the rocky movies where sylvester stallone had to fight somebody in the championship carl weathers has passed he of course played with the british columbia lions it's amazing to see the amount of former cfl players that have gone on to acting and also professional wrestling carl weathers played a boxer in the movies he did not 
get into the wrestling business, but uh, a very athletic and strong person. He really chiseled out a great career for himself in Hollywood. And anytime that there's a, a CFL connection, all the CFL media sh- likes to make note of that. And as you said, he was a, a BC Lion, an Oakland Raider, and a very talented actor. Sending our condolences out to his family and, and all that have known him. Weathers signed in 1971 with the BC Lions, played until 1973, appearing in 13 games. And then he went back to university and then he retired from football in 1974 to pursue his acting career. And of course, the Rocky movies were just in the offing at that point. He gave a primer a little while ago about his time in British Columbia. And he one thing that he kept mentioning over and over was how well he was treated in Vancouver. And that is huge when you're an American athlete coming to Canada. How is that welcome going to be? And for him, he loved his, his tenure in BC with the Lions. Saskatchewan Rough Riders signing a couple of linebackers. Adam O'Claire today, coming from Ottawa, he's a Canadian. Also signing Jameer Thurman from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And of course, Thurman, outstanding linebacker, is going to change the look of that linebacking core for the Rough Riders. And there's somebody that was there last year, Derek Moncrief, is already gone. What happens to Micah Tights? We know the focus is on defense with Corey Mace as the new head coach. It will be interesting to see what does happen with Micah Tights. That linebacking core has been one of the stronger areas for the Rough Riders over the last few seasons. And landing a player of Thurman's caliber does not lessen that value or that capability of the linebacking core at all. Is there room to squeeze Micah Tights in there somewhere? I would hope so for the sake of the the Rough Riders, but again, this is where somebody maybe a little bit further down the roster in Toronto that Mace has gotten to know over the last couple of seasons is coming this way as well. From the Rough Riders, still available, Jake Dolagala, quarterback, who had led the team for most of 2023, unsigned. Jamal Morrill, as well, is out there. The Rough Riders are turning things over. I guess when you can't win after September, you got to do something different. The Ottawa Red Blacks, same sort of thing, coming in with a new quarterback. You have one bona fide starter that's been injury prone the last couple of years, and you've got a quarterback on the rise. I'm guessing given the money that was paid to Drew Brown, he is going to be your starter. Other than Jeremiah Mazzoli, there's a lot of unproven quarterbacks affiliated with the Ottawa Red Blacks at this point. Drew Brown definitely has to be at the top of that list given what he did last year and over the last couple of seasons in that backup role in Winnipeg. But as we've seen throughout the CFL, it can sometimes be a big jump going from a capable backup to a bona fide starter. And this is going to be the test to see if Drew Brown is that quality and that caliber of quarterback. It's interesting when we go through this process to see what team priorities there are. With Saskatchewan, it was clear that they wanted to do something better with their defense. So they've made moves to do that. With Toronto, they're trying to hang on to as many as they could, knowing that they were going to lose some 
five left their defense so far. That's starters. They still haven't named a defensive coordinator as of yet. Calgary Stampeders went both sides of the ball. They wanted help on offense. They wanted help on defense. They got both. BC Lions really worked hard signing what they had. Ben Halatic was just signed. Two-year extension. Massive, great Canadian linebacker. Really shored up their defense for them. Uh, Marcus Sales is also been extended. They they are really satisfied with who they have. Now that's a question of can they put it all together and get past the Blue Bombers. For the Blue Bombers, again, if you're a winning team, you're going to get people rating you. And Winnipeg saw that happen a bit, but they did surprise by getting both free agents, Schoen and Oliveira, back. Edmonton, we, we mentioned that they've got some help with special teams, but what else have they done? They did sign McLeod Bethel-Thompson as their quarterback of note. Other than that, Edmonton's a team that we've seen a lot of turnover over the last couple of seasons. Ed Ganey is going to return as a defensive back. He was extended last week. There's there's some movement there. It's going to be a, a team, again, in transition. Unfortunately for them, perhaps the comments of Kenny Lawler when he returned to Winnipeg and his advice to not sign in Edmonton might pull a little bit of weight with some players in the CFL. That remains to be seen, but I expect a lot of a lot of bodies in camp once again for the Edmonton Elks. It seems to be something that Chris Jones likes to do is, is keep those options open. Javon Leak and Boris Beattie are special teams names, but not really those marquee players that we've seen some of the other teams pick up so far this season. The signing of McLeod Bethel-Thompson has been met with a lot of different reactions. Bethel Thompson has proven to be a winner in the CFL. The question that was on everyone's mind is where does that leave Trey Ford, who had been the rising star, who had been their marquee in terms of their marketing? What happens to him? He's been noticeably quiet since the whole event transpired. He did have a discussion with Thompson and sort of hashed out some of his concerns Thompson, to his credit, took them in and listened. Jackson Jeffcoat from the Blue Bombers has not signed or re-signed at this point either. He can be a change maker for a defensive line somewhere across this league. You put him with Willie Jefferson, those two worked very, very well together. Does somewhere like BC put him in line alongside Matthew Betts? Is that a, a, a match that's going to help cause some disruption? Is Matthew Betts, is Matthew Betts still going to be in BC though? That's a good question as well. You're right. Matthew Betts is another big name out there. Record-setting season last last year for Matthew Betts, and we have not heard any confirmation of where he's going to land. So those are are three of the big names I would say that are still out there that have to be getting a lot of interest. We've we've heard some players getting as many as four or five contract offers and having to weed through and pick what's going to be the best fit for them. I would have to think that those are are three names that are probably tabling more than one offer at this point. The Lions, as with most teams, once you start spending, the coffers, they start to run a little empty. And you got to be careful a little bit because you can't spend everything right now. What if you have a need in week 12? Where is that money going to come from? So there's always money left behind. Matthew Betts, Sean Lemon could be a very interesting combination to watch if they have, if he ends up in Montreal as well. So, yeah, there there's some very disruptive defensive line players that can really fit into a team that's already got one star on the defensive line, and all of a sudden they are a, 
very formidable defense. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Third Down Gamble. Join us again at the Third Down Gamble podcast. Audio worth watching. Third Down Gamble uses the expert resources provided by Canadian Football League player and game statistics for analytics, game notes, and statistics, and 3downnation.com for news, insight, and in-depth analysis. Please visit cfl.ca and 3downnation.com for the most up-to-date information on the Canadian Football League.